chapter 10, verses 5 through 14. This is Jesus talking to the apostles before the resurrection, speaking prophetically. Verse 5, KK. These 12 Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. The Samaritans were considered dogs, less than them, bottom feeders, only good enough for the scraps. That's how the Jews thought of the Samaritans. But last time I checked, God changed that when he brought the new covenant that everybody's worthy for a seat at the table. Amen? Verse 6. Go rather, go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. Lost sheep is referring to as hopeless and leaderless in this context. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received and freely give. Freely you received, so freely you got to give. Do not get any gold or silver or copper to take with you in your belts. No bag for the journey or extra t-shirt or sandals when they get smelly or a staff for the worker is worth his keep. Whatever town or village you enter, search there for some worthy person and stay at the house until you have leave. Until you leave. Worthy here is inviting, welcoming. Worthy means they are, they are willing to listen. How many know somebody that's not willing to listen? <laughs> we got a lot of hands. How many have found somebody that's hungry to listen? They're both out there. Our job is to sift through plant seed and plant seed some more. And the ones that won't listen now will later when that thing springs root next harvest. Okay? Where'd I go? Verse 12. As you enter the home. Give it your greeting. If the home is deserving, that means welcoming. Let your peace be on it. If it is not, let your peace return to you. If anyone not welcome you or listen to your words, leave that home or town and shake the dust off your feet. Like from the back, I had to wipe my shoes off today. Shake it off. If it won't shake it off, wipe it off. Sometimes it's sticky dust. Shake it off from your feet and move on. As you take your seats this morning, I want you to high-five four people and tell them, wait, wait. This one, I want you to tell them, wait, wait, hold up. Okay, go. Okay, go. Tell them, wait. Come on, go ahead. Tell them, wait. You're going to tell your neighbor, wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, go. Wait, wait. Okay, go. Wait. As you high-five them, hit their hand, not their face. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, go. Oh, y'all liking that one. And you can take your seats after that. We could do like a standing desk church. How many like standing desks? I just got a standing desk. And I use it like 10 minutes a day. It's great. The rest I use at my seating desk. No, they're really cool. We could do like a standing desk church where no one ever sits. They just stand the whole time. Just kidding. Just kidding. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe he had a stand that long. Can you believe it? I remember the first time I got criticized for standing in the church too long. It was by my, I won't say sister, 2018, baby. I said, well, the chair's right there. If you want to sit, go ahead. No one's making you stand. But we want to stand a little longer. So if you want to stand, I don't want to tell everybody else they have to sit. When one person wants to sit and everybody wants to stand, I'll let them make their own decisions. We're big people. 
I don't have damage. It's from 2018. How many like, I'm still talking about it. How many like space stuff? How many like the movie? The closest I get to space knowledge is Apollo 13, the movie. So when I think of an astronaut, I'm so superficial, I think of the same guy who was on the island with the beard screaming for someone to rescue him. Tom Hanks. Yeah. So, I used to love Apollo 13, the movie, though, because Kevin Bacon was in it. Everybody wants to be within seven degrees of him. You hear the word bacon, you get happy. Tom Hanks was in it. I forgot the third guy's name. I'm not like an actor named Buff. Dustin knows it. What is it? It's right there. I know. Actually, he was my favorite guy. Gary Sinise, yeah. He was at Mission Control. Who was the astronaut in the ship? Gary Sinise was the man, I just got to say. He was in a Forrest Gump, right? <laughs> Dustin's got them all down. Thank you, Dustin, for that assistance in the commentary. So good. Give it up for Dustin on the drums today. I actually, because I have a music background, I used to sit and listen to that soundtrack in my sleep all the time. Listen to that ship soundtrack from the movie, and it was so good. But today I want to talk about a real mission that happened, and that was a mirror of a mission, but this is the real mission. When we think about my title today, by the way, is Godspeed. This will make more sense if you know. Godspeed me. Godspeed me. What triggered this message was the word Godspeed. How many have heard Godspeed? In space stuff, right? You hear it the most. Maybe in military. I don't know who all says it, but it's very honored. It's very respected. It's very serious. And so I looked up where that kind of came from. And when we think of the word Godspeed, some of y'all might recall hearing this first at the famous NASA mission in February 1962. Who was there? I wasn't born yet. Okay. Who wants to not raise their hand, but they were there? <laughs> Who remembers this mission? It was kind of a big deal. Thank you, Les. An astronaut named John Glenn took off from Cape Canaveral, Florida. Back up astronaut Scott Carpenter famously said from Mission Control, Godspeed, John Glenn. Godspeed. Glenn circled the globe three times and then splashed down in the Atlantic making space capsule named Friendship 7, the first U.S. manned orbital flight. So it's kind of a big deal. It was the first U.S. manned orbital flight. But what I was thinking about was the Godspeed part. And like, how does this tie in? Why did they say that? Do I even know what that means? Well, modern dictionary says Godspeed is an expression of good wishes to a person starting a journey. Ben, do they ever say Godspeed to you when you're taking off? Okay, I didn't think so, but Ben's a pilot, so it's kind of like a spaceship, just doesn't go as high. Well, if you go back to the root of the word, the Middle English definition means God prosper you. Who? You. God prosper you, John Glenn. God prosper you. Now, I challenge that at that time, they may not even knew that. They just think it means good wishes and some secular way to apply it. But at the root of everything is God's definition. Did you know at the root of our calendar is God's definition? 
You can celebrate Christmas or not, but you're still using Christ's calendar. Isn't that funny how people do? So at the root of everything, we can almost always trace it back to the Bible. God prosper you. So I thought that's pretty cool. If someone said Godspeed to me, I would take that very serious, very militant, very reverently because they knew something serious was about to happen and that God needs to be there with you. God needs to prosper you through it. It's for your benefit, Godspeed. So I'm looking at the scriptures here and what Jesus was telling them and thought, this is like a trip to outer space for them. This is a Godspeed me situation. Way before there was spaceships or spacecraft, shuttles and NASA, as Jesus prepared the disciples for what was to come, they as well experienced their first manned mission that God sent them all. Remember the ship was the first U.S. manned mission that successfully went around. This is the disciples' first manned mission after Jesus has resurrected, yet he's talking about it when he's still with them and confusing them and scaring them a bit because this sounds a little serious, and I thought I was just in here for the, for the good time on Sunday, but Jesus says, no, you're going to die for me if you really believe this gospel, and it, it won't even end well. I was telling the team the other day, you know, like, like we, we think it's stressful. Do you know how the apostles all ended? It wasn't pretty. So we really have a, 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 first, a first world uh, viewpoint, as Nate puts it, and that's a good way to put it because when you think you feel, you feel like it's so hard to be faithful to God and you think it's so hard to show up for church on Sunday and all this, just remember you didn't even have to die upside down. You didn't have to get fed to a lion. Isn't that good? Doesn't that make you feel better? It's like cold plunge and you get in and you think life's so good after because you were just in freezing water. It's so good. It messes with your head and tells you you're blessed. You're blessed. Look to your neighbor and tell him, I'm blessed. I don't like he's telling me I'm so comfortable. The air conditioner, we turn the air on because people are like, it's hot. I know, but we got to turn it off so we don't burn up the things because the paint, getting the plastic and all that. So sometimes we stretch a little, right? And at the end of the day, man, I'm thankful I don't have to live in the shoes of the first century church. You know, someone paid that price for you. Isn't that good? So I want that to encourage you. This is not to make you feel less. It's to make you feel encouraged to know how, how much grace has been applied to your life in 2023. We don't have to live like that in the flesh. <laughs> oh, get there. We don't have to live like that in the flesh. We don't have to be crucified in the flesh. We got to be crucified, but I'll, I'll get there later. I don't want to scare you all too soon like Jesus did when the apostles weren't ready for the real food. They were just stuck on the bread. He says, I'm the real bread, but if you don't eat this bread, you can't have life. And they were freaking out because they thought he was a, a cannibal. And he's like, no, I'm talking about the spirit. So PJ is going to get there in the spirit in a minute. Sorry to talk third person. It's weird. Not Bob Dole. When we suggest in modern days that God prosper you, the reality is God must be in us to prosper us according to his plan. It's, it's, a, it's a conundrum of a thought. If God is not in us, how can he prosper us? It's like saying, God, take me there, but I don't want to do it with you, God. I'm going to do it on the side, but God never seems to be there. It's because if God is not in us, how can he take us there? So he's warning the apostles, you can't go do this. You need to wait a minute. 
you need to wait a minute. Quit worrying about your bags. Quit worrying about your lotions. Quit worrying about the car ride. We're going on a 12-hour trip after church. Can you tell? Quit worrying about all the bags. God says you need one thing, and it's not ready, so you better wait. That's the only thing you need. And they don't know what he's talking about. He's speaking prophetically. He's telling them about their first mission without him and how it's going to be and what they need and what they think they need is not what they need. So they got to wait for the revelation so they can actually do the mission according to the purpose. You getting this? Otherwise, they're just getting rejected thinking they failed, but it's because they didn't have revelation of the power they needed to go do the mission. So you can't get on a trip unless you've been through NASA's boot camp, right? They're not going to just throw me up in the shuttle because I say that looks cool. You're not ready for that. This is how we get there. God prepares us like he was preparing them. So my question to you today is, are you willing to be first to lead the rest? Who's willing to be first with me? Oh, I like it. This is good. This is good. Everybody wants to be first, but only ones that go first end up leading the rest. People hesitate because they're waiting for someone else to go first. But what will God do if you say, I'm going to be the first one? I'm going to step up and do it. It's like the time, it's like the time uh, I did security for an amphitheater, Nate, way back with my flashlight and my $5 an hour with the crazy people in Nashville in southern, southern Tennessee, and I had a flashlight, and they had this, like, little thing for the team, a little dance, and there was this parking lady girl who was just not, like, very favorable to most because she was really mean parking the cars. You know when you go to the concert and they park the cars and they got the flashlight and they tell you where to go, and if you don't, this lady was after you, like, like white on rice after you. No, you're parking over here. Anybody ever dealt with that? Well, at the end of the day, she was just doing her job, but no one liked her because she was scary and mean to even the staff because she was cracking the whip with her, with her whatever, her orange vest and flashlight. And so they had this party, and there was this dance, and I've probably shared this, and I'm okay with that. And, and I'll tell you what, nobody even wanted to go near her. You know what I did? God helped me. I went up and asked her if she wanted to dance. You know Why? This is someone, I don't like dancing. I, well, when I was little, I did a little Janet. I'll tell you about that in a minute. But I don't like dancing, like, in a dance. Like, ew, you know. And, like, I didn't want to dance with this girl. But I knew she needed someone to step up and show the rest who were making fun of her in the moment, Jen, that they don't all think like that. They're all waiting for someone to be first. You know what happened after that? They all got really nice with her. Oh, yeah, she's not that bad. Yeah, hey, how's it going? Now, all of a sudden, we're doing a team thing. Instead of it being her over here and the rest of the, t the staff over here, it wasn't right, Jen. She was yearning for, a, for someone to just show her a little care. So sometimes you got to go first, and it's not comfortable. It's not. It's not comfortable. But if you go first, God will bless them through you, and he'll, they'll bless you. God will bless you. And I bet, I bet, you know, just like I never forgot that, she may never have forgot that. Maybe that was a seed someone's waiting for you to plant today by just being first in something really small. But she was scary and she was mean. And she yelled a lot. But that was just her doing her job. So what if God speed me? What if 
I want you to ask yourself, what if God speed me? Like me. Like what if God prospered me to go on my mission? You know we're like missionaries on our own soil. We know about all the commercials and the missionaries. Why don't you be do a mission on your own soil because people, people need you here and it's all around you if you look. We're missionaries for God's church on our own soil is what the local church is. What if God would prosper me by taking the journey for him first? Well, you can always trust that he'll prepare you if you're willing. What did he do here? He prepared them first. He prepared those throughout the four gospels who had ears to hear. And those who didn't, they didn't hear nothing, so nothing happened. But those who heard, Jews and non-Jew, they converted to what's called Gentile because they became a, a proselyte, excuse me. Technically, a Gentile was not a Jew, but if they became a, a follower of Christ, they were no longer of Jewish law. They were a proselyte doing the same as the Gentile, following the new contract with man. So those who heard, as God prepared, took action for the mission. Those who didn't just put him on the cross. He was in an eruption to them. Is God an interruption to your life, or is he preparing you to do something by interrupting you in a good way? As the receiver of preparation, we have the choice to listen in the spirit, the Bible says. Jesus said, if you don't see with your spiritual eyes and hear with your spiritual ears, you're none of mine. You can't become mine. You can't have transformation because everything I speak of, says the Lord, is in spirit. It's all in spirit. That's where transformation happens. And some of the Jews listened and became disciples or proselytes, and some didn't. And the way you knew they did is they changed the direction. That's a repentive heart. They followed the new covenant. They followed the new plan. Most of the apostles were were Jewish, except Paul. And as a disciple, you got to be courageous if you want to be first. You got to be bold to take the word out. Jackie, you're bold. She takes the word out. How many know Jackie takes the word out? She's not scared to be first. And she'll be blessed for that. And she is blessed for that. And that's what the church needs, the boldness to take the word out. Because when you hear the word, hear, hear means it don't bounce off of me. It goes into the soil. I'm going to be courageous and be first and go do something. Because God's going to prosper me through this. God is going to do something through me for this. I'm not scared to go out there. He told me I didn't even need to pack anything. Now, if Jesus told me not to pack for this trip, I'd be a little faithless. I pack light. Michelle packs like a bus. We got to get a bus to get five kids down there. If Jesus told her not to pack, she'd be like, I don't know about this, Jesus. You know what five kids does 10 days in a, in a, in a, in a, in a Pensacola or wherever without no bags, without no sunscreen? One time Taz forgot to pack his underwear. And he thought that was fine. When you're four, true story. So when Jesus says, don't worry about nothing until I undo you with power, that's a little scary. But what if God speed me? Would God include me in this mission, 23? 
we're all looking for a reason to say no. Some of us really believe that, and some of us know in our heart that's just our, our reason to get out of the accountability. We don't like talking about accountability in a PC world because you're not allowed to say anything's wrong. You're not allowed to say anything's wrong, therefore nothing's ever wrong. You never need to change nothing because everything's okay. But if I keep patting my kids on the back even when they're failing miserably, how do I expect them to grow into a strong adult? And so that's what's happening is here is we will disqualify ourselves from ever stepping out on the field, stepping out of the, of the crowd because of what I've done, and we'll blame the past. And I love y'all, but sometimes we got to quit playing the violin and get out there anyway. Suck it up for Jesus. Did he say that? Yes, he did. And I mean that in a blessed way because I know like in the military, they can't mess around with that because if success is on the line for life or death, you can't mess around with that. You got to put that aside and go and keep the cause at the root and not the feeling. So if you keep waiting for the feeling to change, you're never going to leave, the, leave the, the, the upper room. You're just going to stay there. And then 20 years is going to go by, and you're going to go, my kids grew up. What happened? What did I do as a parent? It goes quick, y'all. I'm preaching to me. God is willing to prepare those who are willing to go. God speed me. God speed you. Look to your neighbor and say, God speed me, and God speed you. We don't have to disqualify ourselves because God already commanded us to go on the mission. It makes the journey familiar when you're prepared good. Oh, this is a bigger thing. I got to be careful. I don't breeze through this too quick. How could they be prepared when they took nothing with them? Remember he said, wait. He said, wait. No bag, no journey. He didn't say wait yet. I'm going to tell you when he said wait. That's my other passage. It's all in here. I'll tell you what preparation does. When I was a kid, I liked music and still do. And so I would pretend to be Janet Jackson. You don't want to see the moves. I used to have them. Who remembers Rhythm Nation? Five, four, three, two. Rhythm Nation is good. She just came to St. Louis. I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to that. When I was a kid, though, I was nine years old, old arena, St. Louis, baby. There was Janet. But I used to run around my basement, and I hate to say this, till I was like 16 I was doing this, and I was performing to the people as Janet, sometimes Michael, depending on what kind of mood I was in, little Michael, little Janet. But... What I was really doing was planning my future. And I never knew church was in this. I thought I was just supposed to be a really secular, carnal entertainment package is what I was breeding myself to be, Jen. And I would see all the people, and I would crank the music, and I would run around the basement, and it was big enough to do that. I would run. And so years later, I moved to Tennessee and lived in Nashville and started pursuing music on a real scale. And everywhere I went, I'm like, I've been here. This is not even as big as what I've seen. Because the biggest thing I'd seen had still been in the basement. You getting this? So when you travel along Christ long enough, when you get on the field and you think he's gone, you say, I've been here. I've already seen this. 
because God prepared me for this, because repetition prepares. We've been preparing for the, for the one-seed Super Bowl, Larry, all this time. So when, it, when, it comes, when the flood comes rushing in, we're going to say, we've been there. We're not even nervous. We're really not, because we're ready, because we're prepared. And when you're prepared, it breeds comfort, familiarity, and focus. When they're in the military, I'm sure most of the time they're preparing so that when it's the real thing, there's no thought, it's instinct. When you're a fighter, when you're a fighter, you, it's, it, by the time the real fight comes, it's instinct. You're not practicing technique when you're in the fight. You better know that or it's too late. Amen, somebody? Amen, my military people. Preparation is key. So Christ was already giving them that. So God will not prepare you for anything he's not going to equip you with. So this is where this is going to get really good. You can tell him I have a week off. I'm, I'm a little, little fired up today. God will call you to do something you've heard, but God will not equip you with anything you can't handle. Well, there's truth to that because when he's preparing you, he's also going to say, I'm going to be there with you. I'm going to equip you. Watch this. Let's go to Luke chapter 24, verse 46 through 49. Remember, the first passage is what he was saying would need to take place after he was gone. Now, excuse me, why he was with them, now he's forecasting again when he's gone. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And the repentance of the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name, Jesus, to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send, I'm going to send you what my Father has promised. But stay, everybody say stay, in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Remember he told them not to pack anything, no bag, no script, now he's going a little deeper. Here's what I'm going to give you. He says, but wait, you're not ready until you've been clothed with power from on high. Because if you don't have the power, you don't got the stuff you need for the trip. Y'all getting this? Is he talking about a target pickup? No. No, he's not. Those are really good, by the way. Love them. Jesus equips we don't. We don't equip. Jesus does. God gives us what we need so that the preparation he gave us, we can apply by what he's equipped us with. Now it means we can take the preparation and do something with it. That's what equipping does. We don't do it. He said, don't you pack nothing. I got what you need. All you need is my word. Yeah, that's what they thought. And that's true, but it's bigger than that. We're going to get there. All you need is the promise of power come to fruition. Because my word hasn't birthed nothing yet. It's still just a seed on the tablets of your heart. This isn't no Ten Commandments stone that are going to break. This is the tablet of your heart. And once I write that in, you're going to get power. The promise will be fulfilled. And you can't do it without power. 
Jesus is speaking prophetically ahead of how he is going to equip them. And the pastor is trying to tell you when you're scared, know that Jesus will equip you if you're willing to step out on the field, quit worrying about the luggage, quit worrying about checking all those bags because the, the plane ride don't need them anyway because the only thing you need is the power he said to wait for. You getting this? The spirit that was in Christ is the same spirit that shall, future tense, be giving back to the church. The spirit is the common denominator. How can you have the spirit when it wasn't given yet, he told them? Because Christ had not ascended yet. Because the spirit was still in him. Therefore, how can the church receive something that hasn't been given up yet? He had to give it up so he could give it up to the church. That's why he told them to wait a minute. Wait a minute. Your brains can't fix this. Your theology can't fix this. I don't care, it says the Lord, I don't care how many books are on your shelf. You can read all day, but if you don't got the power of me inside of you, you can't do it. You can clap for that. Be first. You can clap for that. Come on, somebody. God will bless you for clapping first at 1C Church. For real, he will. I want to read verse 49 again, Caleb. I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay put in the city until you you have been clothed with power from on high. He's going to send us an outfit. This is weird. He's going to send us an Abercrombie. Abercrombie, is that still cool? What's cool? What's cool nowadays? Does anybody know what a good male outfit would be in modern 23? Nobody knows. Okay. I know. TJ Maxx. No. That's all I know. TJ Maxx. I'm going to send you something from TJ Maxx in the spirit. It's going to be waiting for you so you can go on your trip. How many like in-laws? They love TJ Mac gift cards. I don't. Give me money. Give me coffee. Give me nothing. That's all I want. I don't need nothing. Don't give me TJ Maxx gift cards. <laughs> we'll pass them to the... There you go. <laughs> I had like one pair of shoes till we started the church because uh, that was enough. It's just the way it was. My closet was this little piece. The rest was the wife's. 14-foot closet, I had this little piece, Nate. The rest was the wife. Still that way. I got three pairs now since I'm a pastor and all. I got to change it up. Just kidding, y'all. He says, I'm going to clothe you with power from on high. I got something you got to wear inside and out. And this thing, you can't take it off. It don't get dirty. It's forever clean. It's forever pure. But if you try to go without my outfit for you, you're never going to make it because they're going to look at you wrong. But you come with the power I put inside you. When, I, when it's ready, if you wait first, you're going to be successful in the mission. God, prosper me. What if he was willing to do that? I want you to ask yourself, what if God would prosper me? What would that look like? So... We know Jesus prepared them. He then equipped them. What is he really doing here? 
extending who he is. God extends. He didn't say, I'm out of the picture. He said, I'm coming back in the picture. Come on, somebody, you're not getting this. I'm coming back in the picture through you now. I'm not actually going somewhere. You're not really taking my place except in the flesh because the same spirit that I told you to wait for, which we're going to read in Acts in just a minute, is the same spirit I got in me. So how can I not be there if the same spirit that's in me is in you and we're doing this together? How can I not be present? It's because I'm not leaving. I'm extending the reach. I'm an extension by my spirit through you. Therefore, you can do the things now I've called you to do. This is a little theological and preachy for some people. They don't know God like this yet, and that's okay. But God wants to use you to do something that you're not capable of in your, in your own right. And so when the power of God gets inside of you, you're now able to move mountains with mustard seed faith, and you don't know how you did it. It's because you didn't do it. It's because God is extending himself through you, and only if God is doing it can a mountain move. You didn't move nothing. I'm so good. I moved a mountain. We built this church. God built it. God is the church. The church is the spirit of God moving through the world, through the sheep. The boat is just getting bigger. Their vessels taking the same delivery that Christ brought. He extends. Watch this. Acts chapter 1. Verses 4 through 5. Now we're after the resurrection. Oh, he just preaches so loud. Sorry. Have y'all met my family? This is family gatherings. This is how we talk in the house. My friends used to think we were all mad at each other, Jake. I said, what do you mean? This is how we talk. Until I went somewhere else and it was quieter. It was a little weird for me. I didn't know that. <laughs> Acts chapter 1, verse 4 through 5. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, this is after he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait, everybody say wait, for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak. You see how he's flipping it back to him? He's saying, remember when I talked to you before? Remember when I talked to you after? Now I'm talking to you again after? Remember all the little seeds I planted? Now you're about to have the revelation, he says. Wait for the gift my father had promised you. I know he, he talked to Nicodemus about this. I know he talked to John about this in John chapter 14. He talked, he talked all over the gospels about this, but they weren't having the light bulb go off until now he's bringing it all together in his sermon. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized you with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Old church folk like to call it the Holy Ghost. That's what they say. It's too, it's too churchy now to call it what the Bible says, Jen. So we go to say the Spirit just flying through the air. The ghost of God is alive and well. It's holy. That's why we call it that. And if you're really spiritual, you got to say it with a, with a speech impediment. That's how you know you're really religious. Holy ghost. That's how my dad used to say it. I said, Dad, where's the, where's the end of the word? He gets so fired up, he starts saying it like that. That's the church way to do it. Y'all, you're so stiff. You need to laugh at this. Where's the holy? You know, that, that, that doesn't matter. The spirit is the spirit. It don't matter what you call it. It's the spirit of the living God, and it's the only thing that makes God who he is. 
You take away the spirit, you just took God out of it. The spirit ain't over here and God's over here and he's up there playing cards with somebody else. He says, I'm in you. I'm extending through you. Why would I send somebody else? There's no greater love than to lay down a life for your friend. So why am I going to send somebody else to die for me? I'm not even dead anyway. I got up off that cross and now I'm going to be with you on the field. So when you're going to be first, I'm with you because I'm extending through you. I never left somebody. Come on. I don't preach this to feel good. Get the revelation. Quit snoring through the gospel. Quit sleeping through your life. You can sleep through it like that. Then what? God's got something so good. Y'all can stand. God's got something so good for somebody today. They don't even know yet how good it is. We're still in the, pre, the pre-resurrection apostle mindset. We don't even know what he's talking about. We don't know why they get excited. We don't know why they put their life on the line. We don't understand it yet, but that's okay because just one little seed can root. One waters, one plants. God always will give the increase. God didn't give it away. He extended That's why we can always know we're not alone in this. When nobody wants to answer the call or nobody wants to to get as excited with you as you are for your Jesus, remember Jesus is still there. He's still there. What else do we need? Nothing. Because the power is only in the thing I waited for, and that's the Holy Ghost. And God wants to get the Spirit in somebody. God needs to get inside of you so you can go forth and God speed this purpose. It's good. If it's good, just give him a shout right now. If you believe that, if you're feeling this, if God rooted something in you because he's still alive today, thankful that 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 same spirit that dwelleth in Christ come back on Acts and now keeps pouring, we're thankful for that. That's what keeps the church alive because that's the church's heartbeat. And he he was prophetically speaking to Acts 2 that had not happened yet which was the first outpouring of the Spirit. They should be endued with power. That is what Jesus was saying. I'm going to let it come back to you, and now you're ready to go do this mission. So good. You are an extension as God's church. One time I preached it like this. I said, you're a thumb, you're a pinky, you're a toe, but we're all the body. Quit trying to be the hand when God called you to be the pinky toe. What's wrong with that? Everybody needs a pinky toe. Why is that not good enough? It's good enough because that's what God called you to be. So quit trying to be the hand when God called you to be the pinky toe. Do it well. Because together the body is what supports the mission. The pastor don't, the body does. The guest experience don't, the body does. The singers don't, the body does. I think you're, let's see, you're going to be a pinky. You're going to be a thumb. Nolani, you can be um, a pinky toe. Dustin, you can be an ankle. Who wants to be a wrist? Somebody's going to be the wrist for the gods, for God's house. Okay, we got a wrist. We got two wrists. Good, we need two. We, who wants to be the neck, the head, the, the you know, just the whole thing. The, 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 well, yeah, we got the point now. Okay. So what I'm trying to tell you all is every little part of this walk in each of you is significant to God's success here on earth. Coming to church is preparation. 
release. It's, it's, it's showing gratitude. We're here to thank God because we know that. But our job as the missionary in O'Fallon is to now take it to the people. And if we're not taking it, we're wasting it. God wants you to take something. It could be good enough to say Jesus loves you. Take a Jesus loves you with some, to someone today. I dare you. It's so good. God speed me. God speed me. If we could bow our heads right now and think about that for a minute. And if you're comfortable, I, I encourage you to lift a hand and worship. I know for me it's a hard sign of surrender in my heart when I physically lift my hand. That's why I knew it was relevant to my walk and God giving me a revelation. So I challenge you to lift a hand if you never have before. And if you're good with one, I challenge you to lift two. And if you never have before, lift two. And you just do what you wanna do. But, but God says, when you surrender to me, I'm gonna give you a revelation. I'm gonna give you the power. I'm gonna give you what only can sustain you. I'm gonna give you what only can take you through the drought. When you feel thirsty, I'm the living water. When you feel hungry, I'm the bread of life. When you feel like there's nothing open and I can't get what I need, I'm with you because I didn't leave you, I've extended through you. I wanna be in you. I wanna see the world change because of you because I have a union with you when you become part of my body. So if you've never had the, the Spirit poured out on you, you don't know what that's like, you can say, God, I want it. It's a free gift. God, give me the Spirit of God. Give me your Spirit, Lord. Give me your Holy Spirit, Lord. Give me your spirit, God, pour it out on me like on X. Show 23 that nothing's changed, God. Because as long as I believe, I know that the thing is still alive. When I keep saying it expired, I can't expect revelation in my life. But I don't know other than any other blueprint except the new covenant until you come back, Christ, so I know that what you did then is still viable today. God, give me everything you have for me. We can praise for that. Give me everything you have for me, God. I want it. I don't understand this. I, you don't have to understand it, says the Lord. You just seek me with all your heart, all your mind, and God will give the increase. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek. That means I'm going to do it with all my heart, all my passion. I'm going to seek diligently. I'm going to go after God, whether there's preaching or not. I'm going to go after God, whether there's church and service or not. I'm going to go after God, whether if I'm on the beach or I'm in the office, wherever I'm at, I'm in the car. I'm going to go after God because he He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek, and he wants to use me. He wants to prosper me. He wants to God speed me through this journey to show me we can do this together, and I'm thankful for that. And if you're thankful for that right now, just shout amen. Amen. So be it. We can praise for that. I'm thankful for that. When I say amen, I declare it. I'm calling it done. So be it, says the church. Amen. Let's worship.